deception works on the basis of permission. Jesus says, take heed that ye be not deceived. Can anyone say you? you. I, let me hear you. 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 Take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. This deception is the latter day deception. Where disinformation, false realities, fake news, deep deception, all oppressing against every human being. There's no one that I'm talking to or that will hear this message that this is not affecting. Beloved, every one of us is in the crosshairs of deception. And Jesus puts the onus on us to say, you take heed. Don't wait for your pastor, your friend, your mother, your cousin, your uncle. You individually take heed. This is, this is the Bible, church. I'm not making this up. It's actually in the book. Did you bring your Bible to, to check me, to cross-check what I'm saying? Take heed. Why? Because deception is rampant. It doesn't look like what you think it looks like. Ignorance is the key to deception. 2 Corinthians 2.11 tells us, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What is that? His schemes, his plots, his methods. Those who are following the Holy Spirit are given insight to see what the enemy is doing whenever he does it. One of the most vigilant birds in nature is the eagle. He can see for miles. He picks the highest peak or the tallest tree or outcropping and will sit there motionless, watching everything that moves. And when its particular prey manifests, he will swoop down and carry it away. Why? Because he's watching. I cannot begin to tell you the parents I have spoken to that have told me, I don't know when my son went astray. I don't know when my daughter started doing drugs. I don't know when. They always say, oh, they're hanging with the wrong crowd. Beloved, they are the wrong crowd. That's a hard one. Parents say, oh, little Jimmy got involved with the wrong crowd. Little Jimmy is the wrong crowd. You didn't see the wrong crowd in little Jimmy. Until the police came knocking, I heard a mother say it just yesterday. Oh, my boy, he's a good boy. He's never been in trouble. He's never done anything wrong. All she could see was the circumference of his life. Because he was coming, eating your cottage pie every evening, getting up and going to school every morning. You thought he was okay. Deception is rampant. 
So while little Jimmy is going to school, eating his college pie at night, getting up in the morning, going about his classes, something is pursuing him. We are fighting for the lives of our children, our parents, our mothers and fathers, our husbands and wives. Why? Because Jesus said, take heed. A lot of Christians are too relaxed. They don't bother until it walks up to their door and knocks. And then they call everybody and they want a prayer gathering and they want everyone to start praying. Wait a minute. Jesus said, take it. So I take the onus of what Jesus is saying and I put it where it should be, on myself. To say, Daddy God, we're going to see it in a minute. Help me take heed. Because you said that the devices, the schemes, the plots, the methods, the stratagems, the strategies of the devil are known. Yes. I'm supposed to know what the enemy is getting up to. Yes. Elijah was famous for sitting in one place and hearing what was happening in another place. That's the life of the prophet. I don't have to go out of my door and watch every TV program. I can sit still and talk to God, and he will tell me what's happening over there, over there, and over there, if I give him myself to listen. So when Jesus says, take heed, Jesus is not leaving you alone in that process. He is saying, I already know what the strategies of the enemy are, and I know where every trap along the road is. Will you come and talk to me so we can plot this path together? First Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Paul goes on record again and says that there is an ignorance that will persist unless you choose not to allow it to do so. That's you and I, beloved. It will be there until you say, Get off of me, ignorance. Are you tired of not knowing what's going on? Are you tired of someone else telling you what's happening? There are people always chasing the latest thing. They're chasing the latest wave. They're chasing the latest fad, the latest craze. Why are you always chasing? Why not be leading? Why not be leading? When we started preaching against pedophilia and coming in prayer and warring against that spirit, a few months later, it was all over the states and people were being arrested. They were breaking up pedophile rings and they're still breaking up pedophile rings. God is trying to put the church ahead of the problems that mankind is facing. Not us chasing it, but us leading the way. Hallelujah. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not. Listen, this is a tough one. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many, how many is many? Is more than one. It's more than a few. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. What is he saying? Don't accept without a test. 
Don't just believe it because he, well, he was wearing a really nice suit. Surely he wouldn't lie to me. Well, she had on her lovely gown and the music was so lovely, surely they wouldn't lie to me. Well, I looked up and there were like 50,000 people sitting in there. Surely there was... What does the Bible tell us to do? Do not believe every spirit. Test, try them. How do I do that? How is your knowledge of the word of God? There is an organization that says that if I get a warm feeling in my tummy, then that's God. That's what they teach. That's what the Mormons say. That that warm feeling, that's God. So if you get a warm feeling in your tummy, then that's the truth. That's not in the Bible, beloved. Well, it made me feel good. That's not in the Bible either. I really agree with what he or she was saying. That's not the acid test either. It's not about you agreeing. What does the word say? Beloved, as the times progress, the levels of deception will increase to match the times. So the level of our discernment must also accelerate to match the level of the deceptions and how they change. Are you, are you here? Yes. Are you here? What we are moving towards, we need this kind of sharpness on the front row. When the information changes, the test, again, also must change. This deception includes Christ. It includes what people say about him. It includes the descriptions. I've heard so many, even this week, someone trying to describe Jesus, trying to talk about the office of Jesus and, the, and what he was like. The Bible says, Mark 13, 22, for false Christs and false prophets shall rise. What is a false Christ? A false Christ is not the real Christ. Now you see, if I offered you a diamond the size of my fist, chances are it wouldn't be real. Fake. <laughs> it would be fake. How, how, how would you work that out? Well, that's a high probability since I don't own any diamonds that size. Don't have access to diamonds that size. If I gave you a piece of glass and told you, oh, it's a diamond, you would be best placed to say, let me take this to the jeweler. <laughs> Nothing personal. Let me take this to the jeweler. And what, what will you have done? Have it appraised. There's not a person in here that I would give a diamond to that size, the size of my fist, who wouldn't be running to the appraiser. Is this real? Oh my God, is this real? It will change your whole life it will re if it were real. So you know you would go check it out. So why would you let somebody tell you something that's not in this book? Affecting your immortal soul. Your eternal life is at stake. And you just take it like that? Without cross-checking and examining, is this Christ or not? Is this the work of Jesus or not? 
Is God being glorified or is man being glorified? That's one of your acid tests right there. I gave you a free answer just then. They will rise up. What is their purpose? They shall show signs and wonders. Why? To seduce. If it were possible, even the elect. Well, who are the elect? We should be saying we are the elect of God. So there is a possibility that even the elect can be deceived if they're not doing what Jesus said, which is what? Watching, being vigilant, trying the spirits. Are you understanding? If we don't do our job, even we can be deceived. The word is telling us they will show you signs. They will show you wonders. What is a, what is a sign? What is a wonder? A wonder makes you wonder. Wow, how did that happen? Wow, that was incredible. What is it called? It's called a sense manifestation. When sense manifestations are happening, they affect your senses. What are your senses? There are five of them. Do you know what they are? What's the first one? What you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, and what you touch. Those are your five senses. So when there are sense manifestations happening, I've heard people say in conferences, oh, what did you feel? What do you mean, what did I feel? Oh, I felt heat. I felt cold. I saw a light. It was rain. Those are senses. These are the signs that are easily produced and easily you'll be deceived by sense manifestations. But when you come into the realm of God, the senses are pushed aside. Sense manifestations leave you empty. In other words, you will be affected for the moment. After a time, the senses will do what? Calm down. Let me go this way with you. Have you ever been out in the cold on a winter's day? You are affected by the cold as long as you stayed out there. As soon as you came into the house, the level of coldness began to do what? Dissipate, go down and down. What's happening? Your senses that were agitated by the cold are now coming back to the normal. Are you a different person? No. You were just cold. If you are hot and you are sweating, perspiring, let me use a good word, perspiring, and you now cool down, the heat you are feeling does what? Dissipates. That, those are your senses. So when you are seeing manifestations that only affect your senses, that when that thing finishes, you go right back to being the same person you were before you saw it, you were just exposed to a sense manifestation. Were you in love with Jesus anymore after the miracle or the sign or the wonder? Did you come closer to God? Did you have a revelation of the Son of God? Did it make you treat your husband, your wife, your neighbor, your children any better? Did you come away from that experience walking closer to Jesus? We're pushing it down where it lives, folks. Deception is rampant. 
And when sense manifestations are going on, people are touched. Oh, I got goosebumps, child. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yes, and then what? It was great. It was wonderful. All the people who saw the miracles of Jesus, what did they do? The same ones were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Those same people that were shouting, Hosanna, and laying down reeves in front of him, and palm branches, Palm Sunday, doing all the emotion. When the miracle stopped and the Roman government arrested him, they switched sides. And they were shouting, crucify him. He saved everybody else. Let him save himself. You say, I don't want to deal with this. Well, we're trying to prevent deception in the body of Christ. If, if it is a miracle, a sign, and a wonder from God, you can test it all day long, and it will stand. It will stand. I remember praying one day for my mom uh, at our local church. And I was just praying for her at the altar like every, every other Sunday. And at that time, the building was going through construction. We hadn't even laid the carpet on the floor yet. So we had, still had the concrete. And I'm praying for her, and the next thing I know, she goes right back and falls from standing to concrete. Bow! <laughs> no catchers. No professional catchers to lay you down nicely, to lay a cloth over you, no performance. And I said, well, if that was God, she'll be fine. If she's faking, she'd be going to the hospital probably very soon to get her back checked out. And I've seen that happen many times. Another instance, I was praying for her, they had a prayer line, and, and there were several ministers lined up, and we were all just praying for folks as they were coming up. And the brother I was praying with, Bow! Straight over. He fell back on again. Hit his head, fell down. And everybody in my queue shifted over. <laughs> they said, no, no, no. We don't want this line. Because God is doing something over there. No catchers. No professional catchers. He got up praising God and rejoicing. Just, these are not to be played with things, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just giving you Windows. Christ means anointed one. Those claiming to be me, he is saying. Those who are claiming to be anointed as me. Those are the false Christs. Those are the false prophets. What will they say? They will say, God sent me. If God sent you, you do not have to announce it. God will announce it. If God has chosen you and sent you and called you, he will equip you. You don't have to run around and say, look, I'm anointed. Look, I have a word from God. Look, well, then what is the word? Come out with it. Then let me judge it by the Bible. And I will tell you if that's a word from God or not. Why? Because I read my Bible and so should we all. I want to have to announce to you, this is one of the tools used in hypnotism. And mind control, when people are saying repeatedly something to your face to get you to trip in your mind, and now you are under a type of psychosis and hypnosis. We're going somewhere, and it's a heavy place to go. More than just someone who opposes Christ, but one who will seek to replace him. This is the Antichrist spirit we're dealing with in these times. Paul said there are many Antichrists. 
Beloved, we're going to turn this page. And when we turn this page, you won't be able to get back to where we just came from. So if you haven't packed up everything and gotten ready, I advise you to do that now. Because once we turn this page, there is no going back. I cannot unsay anything that's about to be said. Do you understand? Amen. Amen to people. Amen. All right. Daniel. First chapter of Daniel, verse 4. Holy Spirit, help us all comprehend what is coming. Children in whom was no blemish, listen to the description, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom. Father, how far can we get here today? And cunning in knowledge and understanding what? Science. Is that in the Bible? And understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. What are we talking about here? We're talking about Israel in captivity. In Babylonian captivity. Amongst those who were taken captive was Daniel, who was later named Belshazzar. And there were three others. You may have heard of them. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Those are their Babylonian names. You would also know them as the four men in the fiery furnace. How many have heard that story? Come on, Bible scholars. You never heard that story? Raise your hand so I can see your hand there. I can't hear your head nodding. So those are the guys who are now being looked at by the government of the Babylonians. Look, look, look what's happening. What type of persons were these? They had no blemish. They were not marred and marked. They had favor. Who was the favor with? The government. Why was the favor with the government? Because they stood out. If I ask you the question, do you stand out on your job? Do you stand out in your company? Do you stand out in your school, in your university? Are you someone that is notable? Oh, we're pushing now. I don't believe that a Christian should live an average life. I've never believed that, and I never will. We are supernatural beings by right of inheritance. The God who created heaven and earth resides in us. So therefore, your presence at any corporation, any job, any university will cause you to be exposed so that the character that is in you is revealed. It's an excellent character. Your reputation should precede you. When they hear your name, that you will be attending a meeting, there should be a reaction. Oh, oh, so-and-so is coming. Ooh, we better get it together. <laughs> He's not light. She's not light. They, they don't. You, there should be a reaction. Because the excellence of your spirit precedes you. God goes before you. Many nations reign in terror just hearing about the Hebrews coming, Israel coming. Judah goes before. The worshipers went before the army of the Lord. They heard the terror of the Lord before there was any fight. Can show you scripture after scripture. So when you are known like that, you are a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl of great character. And people hear you coming 
and they will start to change their ways. I'm talking about a different kind of way of living because of a different kind of way of thinking. You should be thinking of yourself in these terms. I am the anointed of God, called by him, chosen by him. I am nothing on my own, but in him I am everything he called me to be. That is the language we should be using. Because, honey, they are coming for every one of us to deceive and to destroy. Therefore, you must know your armor. David would not wear the armor of Saul. Why? What did he say? He said, this armor is unproven. I have never checked this armor in battle. I don't know. I can't wear this stuff. And so he gave all the armor back to Saul. I can't wear your armor. I can only fight with what God gave me to fight with. Let me reach back and get five smooth stones. Let me get my slingshot. Let me go to work the way I know to go to work. Let the anointing on my life do its job. That's violent talk, folks. The devil's hoping you don't understand who you are. So you keep doing what the world is doing, getting the results that the world is getting. Talking about, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. No, everybody who went to school got the same degree you have on the same pay grade you're on, making the same amount of money you're making. There's nothing extraordinary about that. That's average. Anybody can do that, and they do it every day. The supernatural comes in when you are doing things that are beyond your level, beyond your pay grade, beyond your education level. You are walking in a place like, how in the world did these four little raggedy Hebrews get to the Babylonian palace and get recognized to the fact that they wanted them among the sons of the leadership? These four little guys, look at what happened. Why? Because they were favored. They were skillful in wisdom. They had knowledge and understanding of science. They were not slackers. They were not people hanging back and trying to comprehend. They were on the forefront. They were not to be matched. Folks, I know this is a rough kind of language. But this births you out of complacency. And for those who will grab it, it will birth you out of complacency. You will never be the same again. I tell you in Jesus' name. Folks, this is what we are fighting. They're bringing it to us. We've got to bring it back to them. This is called the voice of God. For those who haven't heard, this technology has existed for many years. They have modified it, and I can stop preaching now and start teaching a little bit, in order to make it more effective. This technology is also called voice-to-skull technology. I'll read verbatim. One especially evasive attack method in the arena of psychoelectronic mind control is voice-to-skull. Voice to skull is the transmission of voice or any other audible or subliminal sound directly into the hearing sense of the mind, of the mind control victim. This is sometimes done around the clock, like 24 hour cycles. Dr. Delgato was one of those who practiced this. Sidney Gottlieb was another. This is sometimes done around the clock. It can be one of the severest forms of torture. Voice-to-skull technology is sometimes referred to as synthetic telepathy. Current-day voice-to-skull 
cannot, listen, please, cannot be stopped by any known electromagnetic shielding. So your tenfold hat won't help you. A fact which demonstrates how advanced and classified mind control technology has become. There's your reference at the bottom if you want to go to the website. When someone who is unprotected is hit by this weapon, whatever they are told appears in their mind as a registered voice. We are dealing with people who are being subjected to this on a continuous basis. I don't have to go, but I can go, to several current newspaper articles wherein multiple shooters have confessed, and we'll see one in a minute, to hearing the voice in their head telling them to kill. They are trying to release chaos. And it is not an accident. It is an intentional effort. We sit with the Prince of Peace. Our warfare is against their warfare. The enemy is looking for complacent Christians who just want to go to church, play some music, sing some songs, eat a few biscuits after and some tea, and go home. That's what he's looking for. And people are under a bombardment, being gang stalked. Look at how it breaks down, ladies and gentlemen. This same voice to skull is also known by other names. V2K devices, remote behavioral influence technology, LRAD, which we hear that a lot in the States, long range acoustic devices, and DARPA sonic projectors. Here is an, ex an excerpt from the strategy page report on the use of the LRAD, the long-range acoustic device. This is a quote directly from them. The voice of God. It appears that some of the troops in Iraq are using spoken as opposed to a screeching noise. They're using spoken language, LRAD, to mess with the enemy fighters. Islamic terrorists tend to be superstitious and, of course, very religious. The LRAD can put the word of God into their heads. If God, in the form of a voice that only you can hear, tells you to surrender or run away, what are you going to do? Strategypage.com. These are the weapons that we're facing. These are the weapons. So you put one of these outside of a church and beam it into that building. And somebody says, oh, God told me, or oh, God said to me, where did you hear that? They don't know the difference between listening in their head and listening in their spirit. And they're gone. You ask a Christian, average Christian, where does God speak to you? In your head or in your spirit? Do you know anything about the vegetative nerves and the pit of the stomach? Do you know when God is talking to you? And you, and you get a multitude of answers. How many have trained their spirit to know the voice of God through his word? Because he's not speaking apart from his word. They heard it in their head. And they said, that's God. And the actions demonstrate 
exactly where it came from. The gentleman you see there is the Florida shooter. He confessed, as his quote there, the suspect said he heard voices in his head telling him how to do the shooting. Not just to shoot, but gave him instructions as to how to carry it out. Does he look like, oh, you're too, too, too small for you to see. But if you could get closer to see the details of this blank stare of someone who's under mind control. I've watched many clips of this so-called Jim Jones who led over 800 down into the jungles to be poisoned, standing in the pulpit, taking the Bible, putting it on the floor, standing on the Bible, telling the people, I am God. You say, oh, I would react to that. By the time he got to that point, they were already gone. They were already under that control. It happens increment by increment. You teach people to depend on what you say, not what the word of God is saying. You make them believe that what you're saying is from God. So they leave their Bibles. They leave the word. They just listen to what you say. Again, a lot of Christians don't even bring their Bibles. They don't read them on the week. They don't bring them to church. They just say, whatever comes across the pulpit, I'll just listen. And the man led them until they believed every word he said. Led them into the jungles. And poisoned some, others were shot. This is real time, folks. These are the end of days. I have a few more minutes to press in here. Chemtrails. Nanoparticles and 5G. We'll have to stop on this slide because the time won't permit. We'll have to continue next week. So the chemtrails, for those who are not aware, are what you see in the atmosphere. The skies with these permanent long streaks that go on for hours. Lines that dissipate over a few hours and drop like a haze. Aluminium, strontium, Barium and nanoparticulates are being sprayed. Dried blood in the atmosphere. Why? Nanotechnology. So the chemtrail is a delivery system, spraying the atmosphere. Nanoparticles can be either breathed or eaten. Nanoparticles and geoengineering, which is this spraying in the atmosphere, to fuse our DNA with microchip receivers able to receive information. So once the nanoparticles, and everyone in this room have already inhaled them, you have seen them spraying in the sky in the morning. Every time there's a clear day, they'll be up there spraying their jets early in the morning hours, sitting there for hours until it trickles down. I wish I had more time to deal with this now. This is a precursor. These nanoparticles are in the body. What are they doing? They're waiting for their activation trigger, which is what? The 5G network that is rolling out. Why would they do that? Because DNA is programmable. You can change a person's genetic code within them through the use of these frequencies, electromagnetic frequencies, there's a patent for you to go and look up. U.S. Patent 6506148B2, electromagnetic stimulation. 
several patents regarding electromagnetic stimulation, nervous system manipulation by electromagnetic fields from monitors. Just a few of the diseases associated with nanoparticle exposure from the brain to the inhalation system, the lungs, the heart, lymphatic system, orthopedic systems. All of these areas can be affected with various kinds of cancers and lymphomas because the nanoparticles, once they go into the body, they don't come out. You can direct them to any organ in the body. This is not a joke, people. We are living in this now. So when we preach Christ to people, we're talking about the only blood-brain barrier that you can have is the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, believers, if we drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt us. So when we're telling people about the protection of the blood of Jesus, it is not a fairy tale. Because these individuals are trying to kill everybody. Your son, your daughter, your cousin, your nephew, they are trying to murder people. Why? Because they have already marked out the more chaos you bring. We'll get discerned next week. The more chaos you bring the more darkness you bring. Do you understand that Lucifer, Satan, never gave up? Even though he's defeated. Even though Christ has won. He has never given up on being God of this planet. From his first lie to even the garden until this day, his agenda has not changed. He cannot change it. And he has, Jesus said, Scripture tells us, burn offering and sacrifice thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. How did Christ come into the earth? Through a babe, did he not? In the womb of Mary. They're trying to prepare a body for the Antichrist. A body, a legal right into the earth. Next week we'll deal with the Nephilim. We'll deal with the fallen. We'll, we'll deal with it because we need to know these things. We need to understand what's going on. So that when we walk out of that door, hopping and skipping, we know what we're hopping and skipping into. That our eyes won't be blind. Deception trades in your ignorance. We, we started with that. Trades in what you don't know. Talked to a man this morning. He said that they're, they're forcing my daughter to go to, to sex ed classes, making her learn about masturbation and learn about sex. I don't want her to go there, but they put it in the assembly so she couldn't say no. We are under assault from every angle. So we have to fight on every piece of ground and in every direction. Every one of us has to be able and equipped. We cannot be church attenders, church goers. We have to be battle ready. For the kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. We're not letting people slide into hell, sitting next to us, sitting beside us. No, church. If you don't want to know anything, 
don't come. If you want to be ignorant, don't come. Because I'm going to declare the right word of God. I will tell you every single thing that God has shown me that is going on in this planet until Jesus comes. And we will be forewarned, forearmed, prepared in the name of Jesus. Father, we receive the word. You stand with me. We receive the engrafted word. Daddy, God, if I've made any mistakes in my language, forgive me. But I ask you to take the word to the people's heart. That you minister life to them. That you cause their eyes to open. That you cause them not to be deceived. But that you stir them up in the spirit. To desire you. To desire your truth. To desire to know what is going on. Place us in our place, Father God. Mark us out as more than exceptional. Mark us out as beyond average, Daddy God. Place us in the front where we can lead and follow you at the same time. Let us not be ashamed of your inheritance, Daddy God, but stand in what you've called us to because of your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab your neighbor, your friend, tell them you are more than able to do the will of God.